Welcome to Swarupa Vidya Ashram. My name is Swami Nirmalananda. Each audio is a discourse that I offered at a satsang, a free meditation program, and was followed by meditation. These teachings address the underlying questions of life. Who am I? Why am I here? How do I do what I came here to do? I went to my guru with these same questions. While he gave me the teachings I share here, most importantly, he gave me the inner experience they describe. This is why I teach, to share the same with you, both the theory and the inner experience of your own inherent divinity. The bliss of consciousness is your birthright. Meditate and discover that you are greater than you could ever imagine. Om Namah Shivaya Gurave Satchirananda Murtaye Nishprapanchaya Shantaya Niralambaya Tejase Muktanandaya Gurave Shisha Samsara Harane Bhakta Kaya Ekade Haya Namaste Chitsaratmane Heta Veja Gatameva Samsara Nava Setave Prabhave Saiva Vidyanam Shambhave Gurave Namaha Guru Brahma, Guru Vishnu, Guru Devo Maheshvara, Guru Sakshat Parabrahma, Tasmai Shri Gurave Namaha, Om Svarupa Svasvabhava Namo Namaha. I bow to my own self. I bow to my Baba's own self. I bow to his Baba's own self. I bow to your own self. Oh, Shiva, your own essence, your own beingness, your own you. Again and again I bow. Om Swarupa Swaswa Bhava Namo Namaha. The title of my discourse is It's the most wonderful time of the year. (laughs) Thank you. Proper introduction. It's the most wonderful time of the year. As I've been out and about, I've enjoyed people's smiles and courteous gestures, holding doors, moving their shopping carts out of the way. Even the drivers on the road seem a little more gentle. Yes, it's a wonderful time of the year. What makes it so? Is it because they're celebrating the birth of a very famous man? 
what yoga calls a great being. He was born over 2,000 years ago, and his birthday is still being celebrated. That's pretty amazing. But I don't think many people, at least these days, have that in the forefront of their mind. I see the secularization of Christmas in the outdoor light displays. When I grew up, there was a nativity scene in almost every yard, or a cross, or a dove, or a shining star high up on the roof. Now we see Santa and reindeers on rooftops with the Grinch in the yard, or maybe Snoopy. Even the Christmas songs are now about snow or bells. The lights on the trees are how they want someone to come home for Christmas. On the first day of Christmas, my true love gave to me a partridge in a pear tree. On the second day of Christmas, there's no crucifix or golden cross on a chain in that song not even a holy star. When I ask people what they're doing for the big day, not a single person has told me they're going to a church service or even a choral concert. One person mentioned carolers came through their neighborhood. People tell me about the wonderful gifts they are giving to their nearest and dearest, but they don't tell me what they hope to receive. Interesting. So I'm considering that the change in people's demeanor overall is because they're feeling generous. They're focused on making other people happy. They're doing their best to fulfill other people's dreams. Making other people happy makes you happy. Consider for a moment how do you feel when you're focused on what gifts you want to receive? Compare this to how you feel when you're focused on what you're giving to others. Is there a difference? Can you tell? Yeah. It's a big difference. That's why you hum along with the Christmas music being played everywhere. Yes, giving is a big deal. It shows up for charitable organizations, of which Swarupa Vidya Ashram is one. And thank you to those of you who gave donations in our recent year-end fundraising drive. Last year, Americans gave $499 billion in charitable donations. 30% of that happened in December, with about 10% of it being given in the last three days of the year. Yes, tis a season of giving. How beautiful. For 20 years, this has been researched, proving that generosity makes you, the giver, happier. It even improves your physical health measurably and increases life satisfaction. And it doesn't have to be big gifts. A yogi told me about baking cookies and delivering them to the neighbors, a long-standing tradition. 
Just waving another driver into the lane in front of you increases your well-being. Holding the door for someone to walk through, running an errand or driving someone where they need to go, picking up trash off the sidewalk. There are so many simple things you can do to make the world a better place. And they make you happier. Why do we have to wait for December for this to happen? (laughs) Now, I'm glad whenever it happens, of course, and so are you. You appreciate other people's acts of benevolence, and I'm sure contribute your own. But the percentage certainly goes up in December. Ah, the percentage also goes up the closer you get to enlightenment. Your interest in other people's welfare goes up, not just for family members, but for everyone. Your willingness to go the extra inch or the extra mile is more accessible when you've been meditating regularly, which is what brings you closer to enlightenment. Bottom line, you are in the process of getting enlightened whether you're actively engaged in it or not. Here's how it works. When you're born, it's your karma that brings you in. I've described it metaphorically this way. On your way out last time, when you had completed that lifetime, your soul lifted up to fly to the highest level, and you lifted and you flew until your backpack full of karmas dragged you down. And your karmas brought you back into a new life, a new body, and a new opportunity to get lighter. Lighter as in less heavy, and lighter as in less dark. Life itself works on you, even when you're not working on yourself. I've been delighted to see some of my childhood companions get wiser as we've all gotten older even the ones who don't do yoga or any other spiritual practice. So age does bring some wisdom, hopefully, along with compassion, understanding, and generosity. And it turns out, the older you get, the happier you get. Time magazine reported, with age, there's a progressive improvement in mental health. Quoting Dr. Dilip Jeste of the University of California, San Diego. His 2016 study analyzed data collected from 1,500 people ages 21 to 99. People in their 20s and 30s reported having the highest levels, highest levels of depression, anxiety, and stress, plus the lowest levels of happiness satisfaction, and well-being, 20s and 30s. Older people were the happiest. Dr. Jeste said the linear nature of the findings was surprising, particularly in magnitude. The oldest group were significantly happier than the others. Are you getting happier as you age? Are you getting happier as you meditate and do yoga? I certainly have. Just as the study reported, in my 20s and 30s, 
I had high levels of depression, anxiety, and stress, plus low levels of happiness, satisfaction, and well-being. I remember it. Worse, I thought it was all other people's fault and even had a list of the names of who to blame. It was yoga that gave me the ability to see beyond the blame game. As my gaze lifted up out of my past, even out of my future, and turned inward, I discovered dimensionality and resiliency I had never dreamed of. It was clear to me that I could point to someone specific for this, but it's not blame, it's all gratitude to my Baba. He gave me the capacity to explore within, a gift that is given by those who have done their inner work and have something great to share. Such great masters share their greatness all around. But it's not merely like walking in somewhere and giving out Christmas cookies, as wonderful as that is. Instead, the spiritual greatness that they share is to awaken your own spiritual greatness. So you discover inside you exactly what they discovered inside themselves. Baba often told us to keep him in our mind and heart. He promised. The mind that always contemplates the guru eventually becomes the guru. Does this mean you're going to be a guru? No. And yes. Being a guru has two aspects. One is to do the work, which is teaching, caring, sharing, taking responsibility, and being responsive. I suspect you already do this in many ways, probably even with many people. The second aspect is to live in this steady state of self-knowingness, being Shiva, and seeing Shiva in all. If you do the work, caring and sharing, responsible and responsive, without being established in the self, you're a mom, you're a dad, you're a sister, a brother, even a loving child taking care of your siblings and parents, something we all did even before we could walk and talk. How beautiful. But when you do this work while knowing your own self, you are sharing the light of consciousness all around. That's a whole new level of caring and sharing, a whole new way to live. Now, regardless of your age, you will be the happiest person on earth. Jesus gave us some pointers as well, both for happiness as well as spiritual greatness. He gave what he called the greatest commandment, Matthew 22, verses 37 through 40, Jesus said, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest and the first commandment. And the second commandment is like the first. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. It's the most wonderful time of the year. As I enjoy people's kindness, I see their love oozing out, that they truly do care about everyone in the world, 
And at this time of the year, they let it out a little more than usual. I would hope that it is love of God that inspires them. For yoga cites the same source. For your heart-filled caring and sharing, it comes from deep within. As you open inward to your own inner depths, you tap into the source and live from it all the time. Now it becomes easy to follow Jesus' second commandment, to love your neighbor as you love yourself. Baba upped the ante for us when he said, see God in each other. So you don't simply love God as though God were separate and different from you. Instead, you find your own divine essence, which makes it easy to see that same divine essence in everyone. He said, one who is completely established in the self becomes utterly quiet and serene. He becomes the self. When the love of God, the ambrosia of the self, is revealed, one finally attains the truth and begins to dance. I confess that I always had a little trouble with Jesus' two great commandments. First, I couldn't find God in order to love him. The image of the big guy in the sky with a white beard just wasn't working for me. And while I could theorize about the formless reality, I couldn't find it. So while I wanted to love God, it was a little bit like trying to lick water out of the humidity in the air. It's there, but I can't really access it. Plus, they kept telling me to love a man who died 2,000 years ago. That was a bit abstract for me as well. It was like, like I remember being a teenager and trying to imagine the man that I would someday marry. I couldn't imagine who that might be. I couldn't even imagine what that kind of love would be like. I wanted to imagine it, but I just couldn't reach that far. Then I met a man who lived and breathed divine beingness. He was right there in front of me, undeniably powerful and charismatic, better yet, easy to love. And even better, I could feel his love for me. Baba embodied everything that I imagined Jesus must have been, but in the here and now, I had daily access to him for years. And I benefited from his presence and blessings in ways I am only now beginning to understand. So when Baba told me to always think of him, it was easy. For some people, they always think of their dog. For others, they think of people in their life. At least at Christmas, they're thinking about what to give instead of what they want the others to do. Less stress, lots less anxiety. Focus on what you're going to give. For me, Baba is always in my mind and heart. He's always in the room. He's in my breath. He's in my mind. He's in my heart. He's in every teaching that I give and every principle by which I live. I am so fortunate. 
And while Baba told me to love God, he also made me able to do it. For he showed me God tangibly and personally. I found God inside. But still for years, I felt separate from God, like God was inside me, but the rest of me was not God. Logically, it just doesn't work. I mean, how can you have a compartment or a cupboard inside somewhere that holds the whole of God when you are so much smaller than that which is being contained? Can you contain God? Eventually, I found that the me that I thought I was was simply God being me. There's only one of us here, even when we're masquerading as two. The two that we pretend to be is you and me. For that same divine essence is in you, not merely in you, but being you. There's only one of us here, even when we're masquerading as two. So when Baba said, Parasparo Devo Baba, see God in all, it was easy. Okay, well, not at first. <laughs> when I was based in self, it was easy to see self in all. And when I became the old, familiar, needy, greedy, grabby, flawed, insecure, anxious me, I couldn't see God anywhere except in Baba. And when I saw Baba, Twinkling with the light of consciousness, he made me able to see me. So Baba gave me Jesus' teachings. By seeing God in me, being me, thus being able to see God in you, being you, I could love my neighbor as myself. I could even love myself, which had not been an easy thing to do either. When you see yourself with divine eyes, you see that even your flaws and foibles are divine, perfectly imperfect. Which is why on Christmas, I celebrate Baba. And I celebrate the light that is each of you, which is the same light being me, which is the same light being Baba, for there's only one of us here. Merry Christmas. Om Swarupa Swaswa Bhava Namo Namaha.